Hey everybody, Chris Avery with you on a Week 5 edition of Chargers Weekly. A bit later, Daniel Jeremiah recaps last week's win against the Niners and shares his keys to victory against the Raiders. We'll also get this week's opposing view and talk Raiders X's and O's with Ted Wynn of The Athletic. But first, CBS Sports' Bruce Arians joins me and we preview Sunday's AFC West showdown. All right, my first guest will be in the booth this Sunday on CBS with Greg Gumbel and Trent Green when the Chargers host the Raiders from StubHub Center. Bruce Arians joins me on the line. Coach, I appreciate you joining me. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Hope everybody's good out there. Yeah, we're doing good. We're excited for this one and excited you're on the call for it. AFC West showdown in Los Angeles. As a coach, is there a different feeling in the building the week before playing a divisional opponent? Oh, definitely. I mean, always. Those games are so huge when it comes to December and, uh, you know, October, September, they, they're the ones that they, they come back to bite you. If you don't, if you don't play well and win. Oh, no doubt. And then, you know, the, the chargers lost the chiefs on opening day. So another crack at a divisional opponent here in Los Angeles, let's go back to last Sunday. It was an up and down game for the chargers, but they came away with the win. They beat the Niners 29, 27. When you saw tape on that game coach, what, what stood out to you? I, just the resiliency of, of the Chargers. I mean, uh, things didn't always go their way, obviously. And that's the one thing I love about Phillip. I mean, he doesn't care. It's a 60-minute game. Yeah, things went wrong early. But let's right, bounce right back and, and go win the game. And, and he did. Coach, I was just talking to you offline about your book. In that first chapter of that book, The Quarterback Whisperer, you outlined some traits and characteristics of that elite quarterback. And I think the first few were heart, grit, and intelligence. And then I imagine that Phillip Rivers falls into that category for you. I think he's got a great start to the, to the 2018 season. 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns, and just two interceptions. Yeah, I mean, he's at the top of the list. He's in the, he's in the top five for sure. Loved him when he came out. I liked him when he came out of high school and uh, he's just a winner. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of ways to play the position. Uh, he is a classic drop back quarterback. And I mean, those are the guys I love coaching. No doubt. And you and Ken Wisenhunt, you guys worked together at the Steelers for three seasons. What's impressed you about what the Chargers have been able to do offensively, not just in the passing game, but this two headed running back attack with uh, Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I mean, one thing about Wiz, I mean, he's one of the best offense coordinators in the league. I mean, uh, he did such a great job when we were together in Pittsburgh, winning Super Bowl 40, of, of just establishing the running game, the play-action game off of it, and then having always a great third-down package. And he always has a great rapport with his quarterback. You know, Melvin Gordon, his first three seasons in the league, at this point, through four games, his high in receptions was just 13. He's already has 24 catches, Coach, through the first four games. What have you seen from him, not only running the football, but also catching it and breaking the tackles that he's breaking? Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he learned from a couple of good guys in front of him the last couple of years on playing receivers. He's always been a great bat, running back. And, and, you know, with Danny and those other guys they've had, learning how to run routes. And, and I'm sure now with Phillip – going into these next couple of years, they're just going to get better and better. I mean, they've got a great rapport, and he is so explosive after he catches it. You know, Coach, you've you've coached some of the greats, from Manning to Roethlisberger and Carson Palmer, Andrew Luck. Uh, what do you admire most about Phillip in his 15th NFL season, 36 years old, really has shown no signs of slowing down? 
He looks younger than he has in the last six years. Doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I, I watched Ben, and uh, he, he lost all that weight and looks so good. Uh, and all these guys, I mean, 40s, that, that number anymore, you can throw that out the window. All these guys, I think, are going to play to 40, 42. And um, because they're taking such great care of themselves. And if you allow a great quarterback to stay with a great offensive coordinator and stay in the same system, that's how you have success. Coach, is it harder to play quarterback in 2018 versus 20 years ago? I think there's pros and cons to it. I know you've wrote about this in, in terms of just defenses are more complex now than they were in the past. But at the same time, some of the rules have, have favored quarterback a little bit, made, made it a little bit safer and made it more of a, a pass-heavy league. Uh, what's your take on that in terms of uh, how hard it is to play the position now versus, let's say, 20 years ago? I think mentally it's twice as hard to play now with all the zone blitzes and all the things that defensive coordinators continue to come up with. Physically, it's a lot easier. I mean, you're not taking the shots you were taking before. If you are, you're getting penalties. And um, so that part I think is great because the league is built on the quarterback position. And none of us want to go see our second and third team quarterbacks play. I want to see our stars play, and let's keep them in the game. Coach, you look at the Raiders, an 0-3 start. They got their first win of the year against the Browns in overtime. What have you seen from that John Gruden offense? They're number two in the league in total offense right now. Uh, it doesn't look like the offense has been a problem. It's been the defense. Well, yes and no. I, I, the offense went up and down the field. We had them a couple games, and they didn't score a point until the fourth quarter. And they only had three points in the fourth quarter. Then their defense failed, so I put it more on their offense. Uh, they're moving the ball up and down the field. they gotta, they got to eliminate those turnovers. Uh, that was a big win for them last week. Um, and you, once you get off the snide, you know how that first, that first one's always the hardest one to get. Everybody should be more relaxed at practice this week, and it should be a heck of a ball game. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. And, you know, the last two opponents for the Chargers – it's been that Kyle Shanahan offense, it's been that Sean McVay offense, and I know they do a lot of the same things that, that Gruden has done in the past. Is it a benefit to have seen a team like the Rams and the 49ers headed into this matchup against the Raiders? I think you're going to see a lot of the same concepts, and uh, but the, Ra- the Raiders are loaded on offense. I mean, you got Amari Cooper and Jared Cook, Derek Carr, uh, Marshawn Lynch. They have weapons, and it's just – when they maintain uh, balance and don't turn the football over, they're, they're a handful. Coach, what has it been like for you making that adjustment from uh, the sidelines to the booth in terms of just preparation? I know it's totally different preparing for a, for a game as a head coach on Sundays versus being in the booth, but uh, what's been the biggest difference for you? Well, it, just the excitement of the game. You know, being up in the press box and, and not being on the sideline, that's, all, that's a huge difference for me for sure. But uh, I'm loving it. I mean, been a part of, I guess, every game we've had came down to the last possession so far this year. And I look for the same type of game this week. So it's been exciting. It's fun seeing the coaches, the players, uh, and then going up in the booth and not have to worry about winning and losing. (laughs) There you go. Final thing for you, what's going to decide this game on Sunday based on what you've seen from both the Chargers and the Raiders through the first four games of the year? I think who wins the last two minutes of the half in the last two minutes of the game, because I, I really believe it's going to be another close game. And who who makes the plays to win at the end of the half and at the end of the game? Well, 
it's exactly what happened last week with the with the 49ers. Desmond King had that 56-yard punt return with uh, less than a minute left in the first half, tied that game up, and I think that was the difference in the game. So we'll, we'll look for that on Sunday, Coach. Uh, really looking forward to seeing you in Los Angeles, and uh, can't thank you enough for your time. I appreciate you guys. Before we get to Daniel Jeremiah, a quick break to let you know that this season we've taken Chargers Weekly to the next level. That's because I'm using Bose QuietComfort 35 Headphones 2 on air now. The powerful noise-canceling technology helps me black out distractions and brings you the latest news on the Los Angeles Chargers. And when I'm not recording, these are my go-to wireless headphones. They help me black out noise, I'll use them on the team plane so I can concentrate on my game prep, and of course bring you that next episode of Chargers Weekly. Visit Bose.com Chargers to learn more about the most powerful Bose headphones yet. Bose, the official headphones of the NFL. Always pleased to be joined by Daniel Jeremiah here on the podcast. And DJ, we're at the quarter point, two and two. We got two Bay Area teams consecutive, but let's go back to last week, San Francisco. Uh, what'd you see from your vantage point? Well, you, you saw a team show a little something because they came out flat. You know, Phillip has the pick six early in the ball game. You're down two scores. And, uh, and then I thought you saw some resolve from that from that team. I mean, this is a team coming off of a year where you're 0-4, start the season, no, you can't, you want to get in that hole, and 1-3 is not much better. They could not be in that spot. Working against a team with their backup quarterback and a bunch of other injuries, including Joe Staley in that game, uh, working against the 49ers. It's tough. The, uh, C.J. Beathard, that was one of the tougher displays from a quarterback I've ever seen. I, I mean, agree. he got crushed. A handful of times. Now, some of it's with him as a runner where he took some big shots. Other, you know, roughing the passer in the pocket where he took a huge hit um, and just kept getting up time after time. I and think Casey Hayward hit. Oh, I know. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. He, he took several big shots in that game. So you saw some toughness there. Now, to me, it's kind of the – it's what you want early in the season, I would say, if you're the Chargers in that – there's a lot of teaching points. I mean, there's some mistakes in that game, the, the long touchdown to, to Kittle. You've got some things you need to iron out and work out. You've Definitely. got the turnover. So you've got things you can work on, but you've got things you can work on coming off of a win. So that's a good thing to be in. Let's do our Derwin minute. I feel like oh, we're going to do it, it every other week. I love it. So this is, these are his stats through the first four weeks. He's got 26 tackles. He's got five quarterback hits, three sacks, one interception, six passes defense, and probably the, the sealer. At the end of the game, hitting Beathard, causing him to make that error, I guess you want to call it a throw, that, that falls into the hands of Isaac Rochelle. I mean, every single week, DJ, we see this guy just do something that's going to win the Chargers a game. Can I give you a, a little marketing idea free of charge? Yeah. We got to go with like the 12 days of Derwin. Like, you know, kind of go with the 12 days of Christmas <laughs> and just kind of all the different Three things. Interceptions. <laughs> and one game saving play. Like, you can it. really, you got to rip that thing off, man. That's that's free of charge. No, he, he changes the game. I mean, to me, it's a. Uh, it's a phrase I know at NFL Network. We have a show that, that uh, Coach Mooch does, and they call it game changers. And it's a it's a phrase that's used probably overused in sports, but it is the exact correct description of Derwin James. He changed that game. He ended that game. He was the closer in that game, uh, and he's just it's just fun to watch, man. I mean, the things you saw live as it happened, you know, with with the big hit at the end of the game. You see the sack. Um, those things, okay. You leave the stadium and you're you're obsessing about those things. Then you go watch the tape, and there's three or four other things that he does in there that, that just blow you away. You didn't even pick up on as you're watching the game. And when he's when he's in the flat and drops back on a corner route, and jumps up and high points to knock the ball away. When he blitzes and jumps about four feet off the ground to knock a ball down from Beathard earlier yeah. on in that game. I mean, he's just so dang active. He looked like LeBron James. I know. It was a, a, yeah, it was a shot off the off the glass. Yeah. I guess C.J. Beathard. But no, you know, listen, Derwin. 
Each week, two weeks ago, you and I spoke after the Buffalo game. He was playing more in the box. He was playing yeah. more in the box in this game against the Raiders. Jared Cook has been sneaky good, so I could see that as a potential matchup: Derwin versus Jared Cook. Uh, how do you play him against Oakland? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm always going to say the same thing. I yeah. mean, he's, I love him when he's low. I mean, and, and you saw some of the issues you have when he is down low. You have a missed tackle on a long touchdown uh, that Derwin probably makes that play. So it's a little bit of a give and take. I think you know we've seen predominantly one or the other in every game. You mentioned the Buffalo game, he's down. Last week we saw him down. The other two games against the Rams and the Chiefs, he was high. I think this week, just when you look at the personnel that they have, uh, maybe this is one where you see him flopping a little bit more. You know, you see him uh, switching up. Sometimes he's going to be high, sometimes he's going to be low. Um, and you mentioned it with, with Cook. The tight end's been on fire there. And Derek Carr, to get to the Raiders real quick, uh, when you study him, the most impressive thing to me the over-under throws, over-linebackers, under-safeties that require a lot of touch. A lot of times those balls are going to the tight end. Uh, he's been outstanding on those particular throws. So having Derwin James on top of those to be able to break on the football and try and make plays, uh, maybe we see a little bit of him you know, back and forth here in this one. Did he complete like 90% of his throws against the Broncos a couple weeks ago? or Something crazy where he had an unbelievable start to the game. These guys just can't finish ball games. Yeah, they're what? They're leading every going into the yeah. fourth quarter. That's their, that's their deal, finding a way to close now. You can say that the closer that they had, uh, their Mariano Rivera, is uh, is playing for the Bears right now. He does a nice job of closing out games with with Khalil Mack. So they got to continue to find guys on that side of the ball to make plays uh, to try and finish off games. Um, when you watch them offensively, last week running physical with Marshawn Lynch, the quick rhythm passing game was there, and then they got some shots down the field with Amari Cooper as well. Speaking of physical runners, Melvin Gordon through the first four games. I, I wrote this down, DJ, just because I, I thought it was interesting because we always talk about Todd Gurley and what he means to the Rams. Through the first four games, Gurley has 16 more touches than Melvin, 94 touches, 532 total yards, and six touchdowns. Melvin, 78 touches, 475 yards, five total touchdowns. And your guy, Bucky Brooks, I remember last yeah. year, he always talked about that Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram tandem is the best of all time, yeah. right? And by which no, Ernest Biner's still upset about. Yeah, I'm with, sure he uh, is. Kevin Mack. But listen, I'm not comparing these guys right now, but just to put this into context, they're on pace to surpass them in touchdowns and total yards through the first four games. That's a great nugget, by the way, that I I don't think many people are aware of. Say that one more time. Okay, so Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, they're on pace for 3,300 yards from scrimmage, 28 touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, 3,094 yards, 25 touchdowns last year. So they're, they're on pace to surpass them by three touchdowns and just over 200 yards. How about that? I don't think people realize just how prolific this tandem has been. And what I love about it, um, being able to preserve Melvin Gordon is big. He, he, you saw how hard he ran, how violent he ran. He did his damage last week, I believe, on 15 carries. I don't think he's had more than 15 carries in any game yeah, this season. That's it. So you're keeping those guys fresh, and you're seeing it pay dividends with just how hard he's able to run. That's hard. You get 25, 30 carries to run as violently as Melvin did last week. Our that's good buddy, that's Matt Bowen, said 55 yards after first contact. Yeah, and no, he, he broke a ton of tackles. And I think a big part of that is you're able to keep him fresh. Well, not only, you know, Austin Eckler doing his thing, but how they're just balanced on offense, being able to throw the ball as well as getting these guys the ball out, of, out in space where you're not having to run into bigger bodies once you get out there on the perimeter. Another thing that, that stood out to me about just the first four weeks with Melvin is just catching the ball. 24 catches. Yeah. He's never had more than 13 catches through the first four games of, of any of his 
four seasons in this league except for this year. So uh, he's placed more of an emphasis on, on catching the ball. These are just extended runs that, that Phillip is getting to, but it's easy money. Yeah, there's there's very little risk, and there's a lot of reward with how they're using the running backs in the passing game, and, and Melvin's been phenomenal. And then you, you talk about what Austin Eckler's doing, not just running routes out of the backfield. Austin Eckler's splitting out. He's got two touchdowns now where he's been out in the formation and just, just – Looks like a wide receiver out there with what he's, he's doing. He's so efficient, DJ. He doesn't need a lot of touches. No. That's the thing. Like, like, oh well, uh, Austin only had six, seven touches. Well, what makes him a, count? A twenty-two yard touchdown. You yeah. know, so yeah, he's just been so efficient. And Philip trusts him. I mean, you can tell when he when Philip gets out there and sees him with no help over the top. That's where the football is going. Even though he's got some other favorable matchups out there, I don't know that any of them favor the Chargers quite as much as when you get Austin Eckler split out. So one of the priorities last week was stopping that potent 49ers rushing attack and they did that 76 total yards between Morris, Breda, C.J. Beathard this week a different animal probably one of the toughest guys we talk about broken tackles one of the toughest guys to get down in Marshawn Lynch he's coming off a game 130 yards on 20 carries Uh, good news for the Chargers though you get Corey Legion back yeah, you get Corey Legit back, which not only just getting him back in the mix, but just another guy to roll through uh, depth-wise to be able to keep guys fresh. And I do think we are going to see an Oakland Raiders team come in here with a concerted effort to really try and pound the football. I think that's what they're going to try and do. You saw uh, that offense last week. To me, that's what, what John Gruden envisioned that offense looking like, and that was a physical pounding affair with Marshawn Lynch and then being able to pay that off with some big plays uh, down the field. So I think they'll come in, try and establish Marshawn Lynch. It'll be on that interior group and not just those interior defensive linemen. Uh, I believe there's no Kaiser White again this week. Yeah. So Jatavis Brown did a nice job last week. He did. He was all over the he field. He was all over the field in coverage as well as did a nice job in run support. So I uh, need another big game from him. Desmond King is a punt returner. How about I that? love it. Can we keep that going? I love it. That's actually what I'm going to uh, I'm going to break down and have a video on uh, Chargers.com oh, nice. just showing okay. what he's done there because I thought that was just a huge part of the game. That may have been the play of the game. That 56-yard punt return Got a minute points. before the second quarter just to tie that game, yep. being down 14-0, that was huge. Yeah, and the, look, the 49ers may be a little too aggressive with their play calling on that last series and uh, was able to stop the clock and give the Chargers an opportunity. And a lot of times when you think of great punt returners, you think of just the flash and dash, the explosiveness. I'll tell you what, strength is underrated, man, and you saw it with him. Very decisive. So I want guys that I can. They're good decision makers, catch or not catch, uh, be solid there. And then I want guys that are decisive, and then I want guys that are strong that can break a tackle. And he showed you all those things. Yeah, and then coming out of the the half, another twenty-one yard punt return. That was another huge play just yep. for field position. You get to the fifty-yard line. And exact same thing. And on that one, I believe he broke four tackles. Maybe five different 49ers got a hand on him and couldn't get him on the ground. So um, that's that's you know they use that phrase hidden yardage, yep. and that's exactly what was that was yeah, there hard, for him hard to bring down staying with special teams obviously you got to make your kicks donnie jones yeah. comes in veteran played for the eagles recently so he's got that familiarity with with sturgis but just in terms of a flipping field position it gets an offense that can go up and down the field that's important but hopefully this this reunion from their philadelphia days helps out caleb as well yeah i mean look the the punting situation uh i don't think there's a lot of worry there you've got a solid veteran coming in here and you know i don't think kayser was doing a terrible job but the, the kicking situation needs to get solidified. So now you have a history there, a track record, a relationship between holder and kicker. And maybe, I mean, when was the last time you heard anybody talk about a holder? Uh, you talk about all these kicks that get missed around the NFL each and every week, and it's yeah. never, ever mentioned about the holder. And maybe now, it should be based on all the all the changes through the first four no weeks. No question. And and look, I I don't know how good a, good a holder Drew Kayser is. I'm not, I'm not an expert when it 
comes to evaluating yeah. holders, but I do know not scouting holders. No, I'm not big on that. But I do know that there's history. When you have history in a relationship and in and, and some success, a nice track record there uh, with Sturgis working with his with his buddy here, I think that's something that uh, gives you a little more confidence going forward. Moving to the Raiders, any more holder talk? Or are you? Uh, well, I don't know. I, uh, two ratings weeks. rating spike. <laughs> It'll be the headline of this podcast, Chargers Weekly Holder Edition. Uh, moving to defense, DJ, for the Raiders. Mo Hurst had a really good He's game. A stud. He's a stud. Uh, Gary and Conley had a pick six. They have a lot of young pieces on defense. Still, I look at some of these explosive plays by the Browns, especially on the ground. Nick Chubb had three carries, two of them yeah. went for touchdown, 60-yard touchdown, a 41-yard touchdown. Uh, what's the key against this Oakland defense? Well, if they can get penetration, they can give you some trouble, and that's penetration in the run in the pass game. When you can get some knockoff, though, and you can get your your skill players, your line, your running backs up on their linebackers, I, I like I like your chances. I don't think this Oakland group at the second level is very good right now. Um, so again, it's just not getting beat with with penetration with some of the quickness. And Mo Hurst, he's a guy that could have been a first round pick. At worst, he was a second round pick. Unfortunately, had he a health was issue in that first round, all up until he, the combine. He right? is a special player. So he he to me is, is a key in this ball game, being able to keep him under control and limit the penetration. All right, DJ, this is a divisional game. It's the Chargers' second divisional game through the first five weeks. You lose the first one to the Chiefs. This one's important. You got to have this yeah. one. Um, what do the Chargers need to do to come out three and two? before this long road trip starting in Cleveland? Well, I mean, simply, they need to put a game together. I mean, we've seen in these spurts just how explosive and dominant they can be on offense. We've seen a defense that, you know, last week we saw some splashy turnovers. But there's been too many inconsistent gaps on both sides of the ball. So to win a a key division game at home, as you mentioned, you can't afford to drop this. It's putting it together. It's putting it together from the first drive offensively. Man, I don't know what are we? 21 games now. We the Chargers have not scored on that first drive. So waiting. It's time. This would be the perfect time for that to happen after a slow start last week. Get off to a hot start in this game, and that starts with going down your first opportunity and go get some points and put that streak to bed. This will be fun, Raiders. We got, I talked to Lorenzo Neal and Marcellus Neal about the, the rivalry in general. Did you know that Low Neal was 8-1 and one against the Raiders in nine games when he was on the field? LaDainia Thompson had over 1,300 yards rushing. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not bad. That, that's one of the all-time great fullbacks blocking for, you know, one of the truly great tailbacks in NFL history. That was Those were fun teams to watch. A lot of fun. DJ, thanks, man. No problem. All right, we'll get to Ted Wynn in just a second, but I want to tell you that the Los Angeles Chargers rely on Bose QC35 headphones 2 to black out distractions and focus on what matters most. The same powerful noise-canceling technology helps you concentrate on your music, your work, maybe this podcast, or whatever you're passionate about. Learn more at Bose.com Chargers. Bose, the official headphones of the Los Angeles Chargers. Also want to tell you about a rare chance for you and a guest to join the Chargers on the field before kickoff. You get two tickets to a game and a special VIP meet and greet with NFL analysts Matt Money-Smith and Daniel Jeremiah. Enter for the chance to win the backstage Chargers prize pack by going to chargers.com win for all the rules and details. No purchase necessary. It's open to Southern California area residents 18 and over. This ends January 10th, 2019. Again, go to chargers.com win for all the rules and details. All right, to get this week's opposing view, now joined by Ted Wynn of The Athletic. And Ted's got a great podcast focused on the Raiders. It's called Coffee House Stunt. He breaks down the X's and O's of John Gruden's bunch. Ted, appreciate you spending a few minutes with us, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing very well. I uh, I listened to the latest episode of your your pod, recapping the Raiders' first win against the uh, the Browns, 45-42 in overtime. Sounds like there were a lot of twists and turns in that one, Ted. 
Yes, it was uh, one of the crazier games that I can remember. It just at one point the Raiders were doing really well, then the Browns started doing really well, and the, you know the Raiders turned the ball over late uh, with two less than two minutes left in the clock. Half the stadium left the uh, Coliseum, and they got the ball back on a controversial call, took the game to overtime, and uh, won John Gruden's first game in uh, over nine years uh, in the Coliseum. So it was it was wild. They put up 500 total yards of offense, more than that, I think. What was it, 530, something like that? Yeah, yeah, I think it's around 530 yards. And uh, surprisingly, the Rangers actually, um, they are second in the league in uh, total yards in offense. But uh, in the first three games, they haven't been able to capitalize in a red zone. Uh, but obviously, against the, the Browns, they kind of turned their red zone problems around. So we'll see if they can keep it going. Was that the biggest difference on offense, Ted, the fact that they were just able to, to punch it in inside the 20? Because, as you mentioned, they've been moving the ball up and down the field. You know, We talked to Bruce Arians earlier in this podcast, and, and he said he called a couple games, said they're, they're moving it you know, from the 20s and just weren't able to punch it in in previous games. Yeah, and I think you know when you get towards the red zone, you, the precision becomes more important because space becomes more compressed. And anytime you're learning a new system, precision is kind of the last thing that comes in. You know, when you're first learning a system, you're just learning to play. You're just trying to get things correct. You don't have that precision with the ball placement and little things like picking up uh, blitzes and that kind of thing that you need in a red zone. And they were lacking that in the first three games. I don't think that their problems are totally solved yet, but they did look a lot better against the Browns. Well, when you turn on the tape, Ted, what's improved over the last four weeks and what hasn't? Uh, the, the run blocking definitely has gotten better. Um, uh, Marshawn Lynch had one of the most physical games I've seen from a running back in a long time against the Browns. The, the turnovers is still a problem that we, we saw that against the Rams where Carr threw, uh, three pretty bad interceptions. He had, uh, two interceptions against the Browns as well. So, uh, he just needs to, he, I, I don't necessarily, the, the decision-making has gotten better, but, like we talked about, the precision isn't there against the Browns. I like the aggressive decisions he made. Uh, he just didn't place the ball very well. And again, again, I think once he starts getting more comfortable in the system and not having to think as much, uh, he'll be able to do uh, things more naturally, like placing the ball where he needs to go and looking off safeties in certain situations. Well, Sunday is going to be interesting because, as you mentioned, Marshawn Lynch ran super hard, 20 carries, 130 yards on Sunday against the Browns. But Bad news for the Raiders, you lose Donald Penn, he goes on IR, and you're starting a pair of rookies now. Brandon Parker, I believe, gets the nod in Penn's place. you got Colton Miller on the other side. How do you think that's going to affect how they protect Derek Carr and then open up those holes for Marshawn? Well, actually, I think um, so. Colton Miller, he was seen as a developmental project when he was drafted. He had a really high, really high up, upside. He's you know, he has the body you want in the tackle. A little light right now, but he has all the athleticism you want in a left tackle. But uh, he's really surprised people how quickly he progressed in training camp. And um, the numbers make him look a little better than he, what he actually is right now. He hasn't give up, given up a lot of pressures, but he has gotten pushed back and kind of uh, got the pocket collapse just because he doesn't really have the functional strength uh, to handle uh, power rushers right now. Uh, so he, but he's, he's gotten better every week and uh, he played a decent game against Miles Garrett, considering that he didn't have much help at all against Garrett. So he, he's just progressing every week, but he's not a liability in the line. Uh, Donald Penn didn't really have an off season. 
so he came back from the injury in the third week of preseason, and he had to switch to right tackle, which he's never played in his career before. And uh, he had a really difficult transition, um, and he was just not playing very well uh, to, to start with. So um, I, I think that he was going to get better, and I think I thought he was going to be a much better player by midseason. But unfortunately, he's an IR now, so he's not going to see midseason. He might come back later. Um, so Brandon Parker came in, and he played a decent game for the circumstances. You know, they didn't expect him to play. Um, so I don't think the drop-off is that much just because Penn wasn't playing very well at all on the tackle spot. Uh, Carr is just doing a good job of getting rid of the ball and um, not allowing pressure to get to him. So I don't think there's a huge drop-off with Penn coming off. Obviously, they're going to help out Parker as much as they can. Uh, it's a much different game without Joey Bosa because um, the Chargers just had one of the most – had the best pass rushing duo in the league. And they just present so much problems. You, you can't help both sides all the time. Uh, so I think just with um, Melvin Ingram out there, it's much easier to locate him and allocate help to his side wherever he's on. Well, that leads me to, to this Chargers defense. And last week against the 49ers, they allowed just 76 yards on the ground. You get Corey Legit back, uh, another run stuffer, an extra body on that defensive line. Looking at this Chargers defense without Bosa, Ted, what do you think is the biggest challenge for this Raiders offense? Uh, the biggest challenge is going to be protecting Carr still. I, you know, it's still the run block, the pass blocking has been inconsistent. And like I said before, Carr is doing a good job of getting, getting rid of the ball quickly, but. It's been inconsistent, and there's been times where they've gotten really close to some really bad sacks. Like there was a sack in the Browns game where um, the ball just popped out, and for some reason uh, the referees blew the whistle early, and it wasn't a fumble. It would have been a, a fumble return for a touchdown. Uh, so just getting consistent protection, uh, I think, against any team, and uh, especially this week, is going to be extremely important. Defensively, the Raiders, a difficult team to figure out at this point. They gave up 487 yards, a lot of young players, P.J. Hall, Arden Key, and a, a guy that I know you're very high on in Mo Hurst. Yeah, so uh, the Raiders have been more of a bend-but-don't-break defense in the first three weeks, um, but in the fourth quarter, they just got really winded in each of the first three games. Uh, the, the Raiders' offense wasn't doing a good job of holding on to the ball in the fourth quarter, and their defensive line rotation was really short because of injuries. Um, so they got P.J. Hall back in the lineup. Uh, Quinn McDonald, who they signed uh, late after Justin Ellis got hurt, has been a nice surprise. So the rotation's a little stronger now, so getting tired in the fourth quarter shouldn't be um, too much of an excuse. They did play in mile high, and they played Miami, which could be really hot. Uh, so if they get back to limiting explosive plays, I think they'll be okay. I think the Niners had some success when they sat back in the zone and forced Phillip Rivers to check the ball down. He only averaged 6.4 yards uh, per attempt against the Niners secondary, which is pretty banged up. Uh, so I think that's really the key for the Raiders' defense is just to make Rivers drive the length of the field, check the ball down, and not uh, get the ball deep to those big play receivers they have. Ted, we'll get you out of here on this, man. Give me a few names on this Raiders team to watch on Sunday. Maybe some that are under the radar a little bit. We know about Derek Carr. We know about Mari Cooper, Jordy Nelson, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, who are a few names that we should keep an eye on? I think Derek Carrier is the guy that um, you should keep your eye on. The, the Raiders are really high on him uh, during during uh, training camp. He's made a lot of plays in training camp, and 
Um, the Raiders really haven't utilized him much so far this season. But I think with Derwin James being, uh, being a really good man-to-man coverage guy, I think he's going to go and cook. And I don't think he could uh, stop Cook just because Cook is, is such a good um, matchup problem or a bad matchup problem for uh, Chargers. He'll get some yards, but I think James is going to win some of those battles as well. So I think uh, just having a second tight end out there like Derek Carrier, um, where it's going to be tough matching up on him, especially if they put um, a, a heavy-footed guy like Denzel Perriman on him, he could be uh, X-factor. And the Chargers play that conservative cover three type of defense that Seattle plays, uh, and they're going to force you to check the ball down as well. So I think Jalen Richard underneath could catch some passes and potentially make some plays. Ted Wynn of The Athletic. He's got a podcast, Coffee House Stunt. You should definitely check it out. Ted, really appreciate your time, man, and uh, hopefully talk to you down the line. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And that's going to do it. A big thanks to Ted Wynn, Daniel Jeremiah, and Bruce Arians for joining me. And, of course, thanks to you all for listening. You can find Chargers Weekly in our new Backstage Chargers podcast on Apple Podcasts. While you're there, please rate and leave a review. Help spread the word. Enjoy Sunday's game against the Raiders, and until next time, I'm Chris Harry.